listening to a Clovis Hills podcast. You're about to hear from one of our teaching pastors. I want to encourage you, go download the Clovis Hills app where you can listen to sermons, you can give, you can do the growth group questions. They're on there too. And you can study God's word together. God bless you guys and go be the church. I need to greet some people. Uh, We have a brand new service here at North right now. They're watching live right now in the venue, over, over in the venue right now. Say good morning to everyone watching live in the venue. If some of you are like, wait, wait, what's going on live in the venue? Well, there's another venue going on, and um, it's uh, Cameron is one of our worship leaders, and he's leading worship over there live with his band, and it's kind of got more of a, uh, an acoustic-y, more, um, it's more vibey. I guess, where, you know, like here it's like lights and, you know, and there, uh, if you're like, this is too much, this is too loud, you should try 1030 in the venue because it is an awesome venue and there's a great group of people over there right now. So it's super good. I encourage you to check that out. Good morning to our Old Town campus. What's up to you guys? Good morning to those of you that are in Marin County in Novato at our campus up there. And good morning to the online crowd and all of you that came back and hey, school is starting. That was all the parents. <laughs> all, yeah, uh, if, you're, if you're out of town, uh, where we're at, Fresno Unified started last week. Clovis Unified starts this week. And um, every parent is rejoicing on Zion right now. Like, I, I don't know if you know this, kids. Um, you were not created by God to learn at home. Go away. Um, I'm kidding. I kid. I totally kid. Homeschool parents are writing their complaint cards right now. I know. It's a joke. It's a joke. So um, anyways... I, one of the things that um, I want to, I, I really, I want you guys to understand, um, as much as is going on in the world today, bad stuff, confusing things, all of that, here, here's what I want you to know, especially if you're a teacher. If you're a teacher in a public school right now, first and foremost, we thank you for being there, because here's why. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you are a missionary in that place. I tell you every week, who's the church? You're the church. Go be the church. That means you take Jesus to that place, and you take it boldly, and you love kids, and you treat them as Jesus would, and don't be afraid to share your faith. The number one promise of the Bible is fear not. Some of you are like, Pastor, are you going to get me to lose my job? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. God, God is with you. As you go. So we're grateful for you guys, and we know that you have a, a long grind ahead of you, but we're with you. And um, I always see it as, you know, I rag on the secular school system a lot, and I rag on Clovis Unified a lot, and uh, I still send my kids there, so it can't be that bad, right? So here's what I want you to know, though. If you're a believer and you're a teacher or you're in education right now, um, you, you go to ground I cannot. You take Jesus places that um, I cannot, and I thank you and keep doing it. Keep being the church. So God bless you guys. Amen. Amen. So, um, there's, we've, we've done this whole series, Sinners, Saints, and Sufferers. It's been a theme the whole year. And it's based actually out of a passage in Matthew 11. Um, and I, I want to remind us of where we've been and what we're doing and then where we're going. So, for, first and foremost, Matthew 11. Jesus has just cursed a bunch of cities that rejected him. And you're like, wait, I, I don't like mean Jesus. I like forgiving Jesus. And that, that's fine, too. I like Jesus in a tuxedo t-shirt. But here's the thing. Sometimes, like, there's judgment that comes from him. And he's judging these villages, these towns that have rejected him. 
And then he looks at this handful of people that are there that have not rejected him. And he, he says to them in Matthew 11, and I want to read it to you in the message translation because I think there's something really powerful that uh, Peterson gets at the heart of in the original language here. He doesn't always get it, but in this one he did. And it says in Matthew eleven twenty seven through 28, Jesus says to these people, he says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on politics, oh, no, sorry, on religion? I, I will add, though, politics is the secular religion of our day. And some of us Christians are pretty idolatrous with it. But anyways, oh, Sorry. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me. And you'll recover your life. And I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. See, this is that passage Jesus talks about. He says, take on my yoke. For my, 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 my yoke is easy. My burden is light. And he uses this phrase, unforced rhythms of grace. Here's what I want you to know. Whether you have kids or not, um, the way our society works in, in, in the West, in the suburbs, even in the cities, is um, much of our lives revolve around a nine-month school calendar. Okay, uh, five, six hundred years ago, it would have been around a church calendar. Now it revolves around a school calendar. And we plan a lot of our vacations and, and our visits and things like that. It all, it all goes on that. And then even once your kids are grown, because your grandkids live on that, and you, on and on and on. And our, our, our jobs, like our culture, revolves around that calendar. And you are about, and I, I, I want you to know this, as a matter of fact, teenagers, I'm talking to you for a minute. Actually, I'm not, I am talking to you, but I'm also talking to all you. Tomorrow morning, do you ever see Star Wars, like when the, the, the Death Star turns on its gravitational force? And it just sucks all things to it. For those of you that aren't in town here, you have to know something. Tomorrow morning, Clovis Unified School District will turn on its gravitational force. Boom. And they will tell you, your kids must be involved in everything, and they must be straight-A students, and they must take 47 AP classes, and they have to do 27 co-curricular things, or they are subhuman. <laughs> and I have plenty of people that work high up in our church at Clovis Unified, and they're godly people, and they laugh at it because they know it's just kind of a culture. And here's, here's what I, I, I want you to know. All of us. The Bible talks about these unforced rhythms of grace. That if you don't have patterns in your life of rest and being with God and connecting with God on a daily basis, the Death Star will suck you in and it will make you weary and tired and you'll have a 4.6 GPA and your soul will be empty. I struck a nerve. So I want you to get involved in growth groups. I want you to get involved. In, I didn't say this in the last service, but I, I have to say I was talking to a youth pastor here in town. And this, is, this works in most school districts, by the way. Is he goes, you know, it's, it's, 
it's pretty much impossible for a kid to be like a, like a, a kid that has like a strong faith life in church and get good grades and be involved in band or sport. They can't do all three. There's not enough hours in the day. And we have to, our, our kids have to choose and it breaks my heart. And I felt him. I want us, what I want for our church in every, every location is that we would learn unforced rhythms of grace. That we would be with God every day. That we would take God at wherever we go. But that takes us being intentional. And sometimes you have to let go of the good to grab hold of the great. So, so. Today's message is out of John 16. And it's how to, how, it's who, who's the Holy Spirit and what does he do and how do I get him? And in John, the book of John, the first 12 chapters of John are the three years of Jesus' ministry. And the, the last few chapters of John are his last week of his life. As, as a matter of fact, almost half of John is, um, the book of John, is the last moments of Jesus' life, the last week of Jesus' life. He comes into Jerusalem, and um, he, he really has a lot to say, and he's trying to give all of the, this to his disciples. And um, he's speaking them to them in verse, chapters 13 to 17, the night before he's about to leave them. And um, he, be, he begins giving them these words, and he's mapping out this way of life, this unforced rhythms of grace, how you live this life. And he said it's going to be hard. There's going to be dark times. It's going to be tough. Um, there's going to be times of peace. There's going to be times of joy. But there's also, it's going to be a trudge. And it's, it's going to be difficult. And I'm not going to be here. I'm, not, I'm, I'm leaving you. And then he says, but I'm giving you something better, is what he says. And, and, and you're like, what? How can something be better than Jesus? And it's not that it's better, it's, it's, it's co-equal, but it was better for us. It was better that Jesus ascend to the Father and be at the right hand of the Father um, than be here today because he said, I'm going to give you, and he gives you this word, it's called parakletos. Everyone say parakletos. That was weak. Okay, that's all right, don't worry about it. The paraclete. And it means one who comes alongside. Um, the NIV, I think, translates it as the advocate. Other translations say the counselor. And what he's referring to is the Holy Spirit. That he said, I'm, I'm going to be with the Father, and I'm going to put my spirit in you. And, and, and then he begins to tell them what this looks like. And I want to read to you from John chapter 16. Verses 7 through 15, and I would love it if you would stand in honor of God's word, if you're able to, and we'll read the word of the Lord. But I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go... I will send him to you. When he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment, in regard to sin because men do not believe in me, in regard to righteousness because I'm going to the Father where you can see me no longer, in regard to judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. 
He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. This is God's word. You may be seated. When I was a little kid, uh, I, you know, I didn't grow up going to church with my family. My mom and dad were not church folk. And, um, you know, and everyone in this room has a different spiritual story. Uh, when we do dessert with the pastors, that's one of the neat things that we get to do this, this week. I, I, I had a dessert with about 16 people and, and got to hear where God brought them from to this church. And everyone, everyone's story is different, but I, I didn't grow up going to church. Some of you, you've, you've gone to church since you were like, you can't even remember. You just come to church. You were a drug baby. You were drugged to church since you were a baby and you're still here, right? Now, now others of us, I, what happened to me is I was a little kid and my neighbors came over and they invited me to this thing called Awana. And they were like, yeah, if you come and you memorize Bible verses, they'll give you candy. And I was like, I like candy. So I went. And I started memorizing these Bible verses. And these Bible verses, you know, they were in the old King James Version, which, by the way, is actually, I think, easier to memorize because it's far more poetic. So you get the, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth. Like, that, that just flows, doesn't it? So um, I, I learned it in that, and I got candy, and I'd go to church, and I accept Jesus every week. And, and that, that was kind of my story. And then my neighbors moved, and my parents would bring me to church like three times a year when they needed a babysitter. And uh, some of you, that's the VBS tour you do every summer. But anyways, I did it too when my kids were little, self-confession. But that, that, was, that was all the kind of faith upbringing I had. And then when my neighbors moved, I stopped going. So... Here's the thing, though. When I accepted Jesus, I was just a little guy. I was like five or six. And I, I asked Jesus in my heart. And what the Bible teaches is there's this thing called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And there's all kinds of different theories on it. And Christians believe all different kinds of things. I don't have time to get in, in on that right now. I have 26 minutes. I don't even have 26. I have 16 minutes to tell you. But let me tell you this, what, what I know about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Some people think it happens once. Some people think it's this incredibly emotional thing and it knocks you to your knees. And, um, I, and other people think it happens multiple times. Here's what I know the Bible says about it, is that when you become a believer in Jesus, the Holy Spirit of God comes on you and begins to live in you. And when I was a wee little man, I'm still a wee little man, I'm just a little less wee, but Here's what I need you to know. When I was a little guy, the Holy Spirit came on me, and God began to live with me. Now, I started living life my way instead of God's way, and the Holy Spirit will never leave you. He'll never forsake you, but he's a gentleman, and he will take a back seat. Say, okay, live your life, Sean. Go ahead. See how that works. And you can live life to your purpose, or you can live your life to God's purpose. And see, God's purpose is so much bigger. And so there's really three things going on that I'm going to get into about the the Holy Spirit today. 
And there's a million things we could teach about the Holy Spirit, and I don't have time, but I want to encourage you. Get in a growth group. As a matter of fact, some of you, we have um, sign-ups to host a growth group. If you're hospitable or you like having people at your house or you like making cookies or whatever, and um, you're willing to open your house up, we will send a leader and we'll start a growth group at your house. It's awesome. There's a, there's a beginning time and an ending time. It doesn't mean you're signing up for the rest of your life. But get in a growth group because here's why. We have an amazing team of people that write these growth group questions. Many of them are seminary grads or regular people in the church, retired uh, ministry workers, things like that. And I, I listen to them write these questions every Wednesday and they blow my mind with their knowledge of the Bible. And one of the things they did this week is in your growth group study, which is in your app, by the way, if you, if you go to outlines, you can look in those questions. They have a, a much more exhaustive study of who the Holy Spirit is. And there's um, 15, 20 different references to where in, in the Bible who the Holy Spirit is. I'm going to tell you three things about them today. Capiche? You guys capiche what I'm saying? All right, listen. Number one is this. The whole, what, what John 16 tells us is the Holy Spirit, number one, convicts you of sin. Okay, it, it, it's the thing that begins to tell you about your sin. When I was um, a little kid, I memorized all those Bible verses, right? And I accepted Jesus and the Holy Spirit was in me. And then he took a back seat because I decided to go work on my testimony. I decided to go live life Sean's way. Right? But here's what happened. I found this happening time and time again. It still happens to this day. Because I was planting God's word in me, I, I mean, not like I was super intentional at five years old. My neighbors were. They were planting God's word in me. I remember there'd be times as a teenager, I would be living my life for the world. I'd be living the lie. I'd be doing everything my way. God was the last thought on, on my heart. I'd be sinning. And all of a sudden, one of those stupid songs we used to sing in Awanas. This is light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. Like, oh, what is what's going on? You know. I'd be like doing something really naughty. And he who hath the son hath life. He who hath not the son hath not. But get this out of my head. And see what the Holy Spirit does is it convicts us of sin. When you are a believer and you have the spirit in you, it convicts you of sin. But, but here, here's the problem. Many of you, you don't want to hear it. So it's way easier to live life like just let the Holy Spirit take a back seat in our life and just go live life the way we want to and sin it up and not feel bad about it. Because I like the forgiven Jesus. But here's the thing. You are already forgiven of your sin. When the Holy Spirit convicts you of sin, it's so that you can become the person that God's created you to be. That you can live out God's purpose and design for your life. You know, it says in the book of Acts about David. This is my new favorite verse. It said that David fulfilled God's purpose, then he died. That's a good life verse. Sean fulfilled God's purpose, then he died. That's, that's a good way to think. See, the problem is, if I live in sin, I'm forgiven of it, I'm going to heaven, but I am not living out God's purpose for my life. I'm living out my purpose for my life. And how's your purpose working? Sorry to quote Dr. Phil. How's that working for you? Look what it says in verse 8. When he comes, he will prove the world to be wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. Here's what I want you to know. Make it a daily habit. If you confess your sin on a regular basis, here's what will happen. You'll sin less. 
because you're just going to be cognizant of it. Um, I, I have a friend, and, and, and he's Catholic. He goes, ah, that's way too hard. I just wait, like, and I go like twice a year, and I just dump them all on the priest, and it's awesome. I walk away absolved. I go, is it? Because you just are the same person. There's no life change. He goes, yeah, it's great. You can live life the way I want and then just give it to the priest. This is not God's design for you. So I have a habit in my life. Every morning, sit in the same chair, pull out a little notebook. I write down some prayers. I talk to God. I usually say, Father, I know I am a sinner. I know your mercy is new every morning. Thank you for that. Thank you for forgiving me. Make me clean. But if I have any sin that I need to confess, please reveal it to me. And then I will sit and I'll just sit in silence and just see if anything comes to my mind. And sometimes I'm going to be honest. And I've done this a lot, so I'm better at it now. But yeah, my mind wanders and I sit there and then I'm like, oh man, the Chargers are playing tonight. Hope Derwin James doesn't get hurt again. Why do the Padres always get injuries? The, oh, oh, sorry, God. Um, and then I refocus. But here's what happens. Is the, the Holy Spirit of God will bring up something. Like, Sean, remember yesterday when you were coveting that thing or you were, you were being greedy or you were being selfish or you had a selfish ambition or you told that story to make yourself look better, whatever it is. And then I will literally just write the sin down like, Lord, forgive me, yesterday I was greedy. Forgive me, yesterday I lusted. Forgive me, yesterday, and you're like, you write that down? What if your kids see it when you die? It's not like they don't already know I'm messed up. But anyways, um, nay, nay. Because when I'm done and I feel like, okay, and sometimes there's nothing to write, which is great. But I write it all down. And then you know what I do? I learned it in Awanas when I was a little kid because I planted God's word, or someone planted God's word in my heart. It says in 1 John 1, 9, but if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of all unrighteousness and purify us from all unrighteousness. So I, go, I write that down sometimes, or sometimes I'll just say it in my head or whatever, and I realize all my sins are forgiven. They were already forgiven, but I'm just doing it to, to get it off of my chest to make sure I'm, I'm, I'm in God's will. And I, I give it to him, and then I take a pen, and I just write forgiven, and I scratch it out all over it so my kids will never see it and hold it against me. Because his word tells me I am. And I make that a habit. And sometimes I do it when I'm filling up water in the coffee pot in the office. I'll confess my sins. And sometimes when I'm in the car. And sometimes I have to, I sin in the car a lot. So I have to go. But if you're always in that process, because here's what will happen. Your heart will become sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And you'll know. And, and you, won't, you won't even get close to the big sins in life. Because you're bit, you're, 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 your heart is flesh and you sense the spirit when you do do something number two is this what does the holy spirit do he guides you in truth look verse 13 it says but when he that's the holy spirit but when he the spirit of truth comes he will guide you into all the truth 
He will not speak on his own. He will speak only to what he hears. He will tell you what is yet to come. I want you to understand something. I get friends that are Christians all the time. They're like, oh, God told me, God told me. And I know this, they never read their Bible. They don't even know their Bible. And here I'm, I'm here to tell you, God may have told you, but most of the time it's malarkey. It's just your, your intuition. Don't, Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. Part of the way you know the voice of God is that you discern it through God's word. You get this book in you because this book will keep you from sin. And sin will keep you from this book. You like that? Yeah, that's Martin Luther, not me. Anyway, so. When the spirit of truth comes. In the world we live in, there's all kinds of half-truths flying at us. From every, every news media, uh, AM radio, FM radio, podcast, all of it's coming at us. There's all kinds of half-truths. The devil loves the half-truth. He loves to get us distracted. He loves to do all of that. I hate when I have to get political, but I want you to understand something right now. Um, a, Jesus is not right-wing or left-wing. He's for the whole bird. That's Billy Graham, not me again. But listen. You, you have to understand this. Some of you, you're so caught up in what's going on in our media today, you forgot about the mission that God gave you in your life. And some of you are like getting really mad at me. But I need you to understand something. I know there's, in this room, there's people that are very passionate about masks. Some about wearing them, some about not. Some about our kids wearing them, some about not. Some of you are very passionate about vaccinations. Some about getting them, some about not. And here's what I want you to know. What good is a mask or a vaccination if a person's going to hell? Some of you are like, that's not fair, Pastor. You Jesus juked me. I know I did, but listen. The mission of God is that we are to tell people about Jesus. And some of you Christians are busier telling everyone about the CDC. And you haven't told anyone about Jesus for years. I'm not doing that for applause. I actually know that I'm going to get a bunch of angry letters and people leaving the church every time I say something like that. But I got to. Because our mission as Christians is to show the world who Jesus is. And there's other, there's great soapboxes that people are standing on all around the world doing good things. And it's not to negate any of those. But here's the thing. The greatest mission is that people would know Jesus. And you can't be guided in the truth if you spend all your time taking in all the half-truths of the world. Because we just read, who is the prince of this world? The devil. And if we're not in God's word and we're not in community with one another and we're not, we don't have a place where people will tell us the truth and tell us the hard thing and sometimes kind of make us mad, we won't hear the spirit and the spirit won't work. And here's what I want you to know. I don't know if you know this, but one of the things that you can do to the spirit is you can actually resist him. Stephen, in the book of Acts, chapter 7, he's talking to all of these religious people, this packed house of religious people, and he says to them, because he's telling them about Jesus, and he says, you stiff-necked people. Your hearts and ears are still uncircumcised. You're just like your ancestors. You always resist the Holy Spirit. You always resist the Holy Spirit. Guys, 
there's a principle I found in my life. Is that God's spirit, when you receive Jesus, is in you. And, and, and he speaks softly. He moves like the wind, sometimes violently, mostly gently. But if I ignore his voice, eventually I stop hearing it. If I resist him over and over and over, they use it, Stephen used that phrase, your uncircumcised heart. My heart becomes hard and I no longer hear the spirits move in my life. I no longer can live in God's will because I'm too busy chasing the world. This morning, do not resist the spirit. If there's a next step in your spiritual life, if there's something you need to repent of, do not resist him. Some of you, you may not know this, but, but you may have grown up going to church and you thought like, oh, I, I'm, I, I'm good. But you've been resisting the Holy Spirit for so long, you stopped hearing him. But this morning, Jesus stands at the door of your heart and he's knocking. For some of you, you, you've never made that decision to follow Jesus even, that first time decision to follow Jesus. And it's very clear in the book of Revelation, chapter 3, verse 20, Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone listens, I will be with them. That, that the Son of God loves you. He's not mad at you. He, and, and the Spirit of God waits to come upon you. But until you make that decision... God will not force himself on you. So, will you resist him? Or will you receive him? For his yoke is easy and his burden is light. It's where you get rest for your weary soul. Number three is this. The Holy Spirit's here to empower you to glorify Christ. You were made, every one of us in this room, you, and on TV or wherever you're watching, all of us were made to glorify Christ. That doesn't mean you have to be a missionary in Papua New Guinea and wear a loincloth and have a ring in your nose and, and, and learn a foreign language and translate the Bible. Maybe, that's great. But here's what I know. Those of you that are teachers, that are believers in Jesus Christ, you've received Jesus, you've been baptized, you've made that great confession that Jesus is Lord. You're to take Jesus everywhere you go and be the church. And, and that's, that the Holy Spirit will empower you to do that if you will walk with him. Um, in, in, in the same way, if you're a plumber, you can plumb to the glory of God. If you're a, a cop, you can cop to the glory of God. If you're a lawyer, you, can, you still can lawyer to the glory of God. Whatever it is, whatever you do in word or deed, you do all for the glory of God. And it is the Holy Spirit of God that empowers you to do that. And if you were at a restaurant, you walked into a Greasy Spoon restaurant, and Flo walked up, and she looked, and there's a coffee cup on your table, and it's turned over, that would be the sign for the waitress, like, oh, doesn't want any. And she would not walk to your table and just start pouring coffee all over your table. Because you've given the sign, no thank you. The minute you turn the cup over, it tells Flo, the waitress, the server, sorry, PC, Tells the server, oh, this, if they're a good server, oh, this person wants coffee. And they'll walk over right away and they'll fill your cup. 
For so long, we try and live a life of religion with the cup turned over. We try and live a life just being a good person with the cup turned over. We're just trying to get through life with the cup turned over. Guys, today's the day you got to turn the cup over and receive the Spirit. You will not get it if you don't turn the cup over. If you don't ask for it, you will not get it. You don't have because you do not ask. So, today, I want you to do something. If you're a believer, maybe it's been a while since you've turned the cup over. I heard someone say, oh, we got to get back to things. We got to get back to things. And I've used that phrase too. Actually, that's, was it really that great in 2019? Were you just like on fire for Jesus and you're living your purpose out in 2019? Now, in comparison, it might have been better, but it wasn't that great. Let's be honest. God has something better for us if we will move forward with him rather than live for ourselves like we were. And you, you can be like, oh, we got to get back. I don't want to get back. I want to go forward. I want to become the person that God created me to be. I want to become the person that God is shaping me to be. I want to turn the cup over and say, give me more, Jesus. Give me more, Jesus. Give me more. And today, that's for you. That's for you. Wherever you're at. So we're going to pray right now. If you're a believer, ask him to fill you. If you're not a believer, you're like, I don't know if I'm a believer or not. Open the door and receive him today. Do something brave. Do something bold. Don't make it like a personal thing. Do something where you confess it. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you'll be saved. But do something brave with what God's given you and receive him and tell us about it. Let's pray.